Hello and welcome to the Save My Mental Health podcast in this Sunday evening. I just had to uh, delete and re-record my own beginning to my podcast because I forgot how to do it for a second. That might be related to the topic that I'm going to get into tonight, which is uh, the topic of anxiety. Uh, but before I get to that, I hope uh, everyone had a good week this past week and that you got everything accomplished that you wanted to this weekend. Because um, I know sometimes weekends can be productive. We can get a lot done. Sometimes we need rest. Sometimes we don't get anything done, um, which can also feed into my to my anxiety, depending on uh, the circumstances there. And I never know. I should preface these episodes by by letting you know that I never know what I'm going to say before before I start this. I never know what's going to come out during these uh, during these episodes. So this is completely unscripted. So uh, enjoy it to that end. Um, and I think for me this this weekend, or just leading into the topic of anxiety, that there were a lot of things that I had to get done for either work or school. Um, and I don't know why I assumed that my master's program wouldn't be more difficult than, than other versions or varieties of school that I've, that I've been exposed to, but it is <laughs> not necessarily the, the volume of work, but the quality of work. And it's a, a lot more, uh, intricate, I suppose, in nature, in some respects, some, some classes are a little bit easier, but, um, Conceptually, for the most part, it's it's quite a bit. So writing papers and you know doing all that stuff, and um, when I have unfinished business, you know, not to talk about writing papers on this, but when I have unfinished business, which is I'm going to qualify as anything that I haven't finished that's on my list, my to-do list, my imaginary to-do list in my head, uh, that can actually create quite a lot of anxiety, and I don't really realize probably where it's coming from. Um, but I'm walking around with this imaginary list in my head of things that have not been completed or things that I wish I had done or wish I could do or wish I did do, uh, and things in the future that haven't happened yet and things that I haven't done for the day or the week or the month. Um, so when I, when I have that going on and I don't really even realize that I have this mental to-do list, uh, it can sort of work me over pretty bad. And I can, I can experience anxiousness from that. I mean, I'm experiencing anxiety right now just talking about it. Um, for whatever reason, the topic of anxiety uh, brings about anxiety uh, as, I, as I speak on it. So if I take somewhat deeper breaths, it's because I need to, <laughs> because I'm experiencing uh, anxiousness, but, or anxiousness, excuse me. So for me in this, the whole concept of anxiety has been in existence for my entire life. Uh, well before I could ever, well before I even knew what that even meant. Um, and just like childhood experiences and things of that nature. Um, I guess I had anxiety dating back all the way till, I mean, I want to say probably when I was maybe like 10 years old is the first time I could really remember having that type of experience. And it was really kind of a simple thing, just having to like raise my hand to go 
to the restroom, like ask a teacher to give me the ability to go use the restroom because that's what you have to do when you're a kid. You have to ask if you could go use the restroom when you're at school. So the the idea of walking from my desk, first of all, raising my hand and putting attention on myself by raising my hand and then having to walk from my desk to the door, open the door, like all the different aspects of the sound of the door, the people looking at me or my my perceiving that people are looking at me or paying attention to everything I'm doing. Uh, my footsteps, like all of the noises and associated things that come along with me having to make my way to the door, to the bathroom, and then get back to my seat um, and hope that when I got back that like temperature wise, I wasn't too hot or I wasn't like sweating or I wasn't, you know, um, that my stomach wasn't upset and just like all these different factors and things that I didn't really even know what was going on um, at the time. I didn't have any any um, conceptual frame of reference to have somebody be like, hey, you know, you have anxiety or to even explain to me what that meant. So I just kind of had to live with it. And I didn't really know what it was um, other than to know that it was uncomfortable, very uncomfortable. Um, so that's my kind of like my first recollection of that. And, and, then, and it expanded and has continued to expand throughout my adult life. Um, but just experience general experiences um, within my body. I have to watch like what I eat, where where depending on where I am. If I'm on like a date or something, I can't eat, and I know there's going to be like something potentially intimate happening later on in the night. I cannot. There's like pretty much every food group I have to avoid besides things that are very bland and very ordinary. Otherwise, my stomach just won't handle it um, because there's. There's too much stimulation already, and my brain and my body just can't handle it. So it's really, it's really kind of, uh, I don't want to say boring, but it's, you know, I don't get to enjoy the types of foods that I would normally like to enjoy. So the anxiety affects a lot of different aspects of my life, that being one of them. And that's sort of a garden variety area. Um, but I mean, it used to impact me being able to like speak up for myself, for me being able to, exercise my opinion or, or, um, be able to go against, oppose someone else's opinion for me to be able to oppose the opinions of people that I didn't believe. Like that could be establishment oriented. That could be like big, big companies or entities or, you know, whatever it might be, political figures, whatever, whatever, um, uh, whatever I felt opposition towards, I would never express that. And I'm not the type that, you know, to like go out and protest. So I would silently protest within myself and like create this environment of, um, anxiety and kind of hostility towards things. And, you know, when you don't, when you're not, when you're not, uh, what's the phrasing I want to use when I don't have any filtration for that, uh, that can create a really interesting, experience or a series of experiences or years of experiences within within yourself and um i've done that a lot so learning how to move through my anxiety has allowed me to be able to express myself better to be able to give my opinion in a, an appropriate manner that doesn't that's not demeaning to anyone else or it's you know it's very 
I can give my opinion while still kind of remaining neutral in some senses. Like I'm not, I'm not too far in any one direction, but I do have opposing ideas about different things that I'm not really going to get into on this podcast. Um, cause that's not what it's for, but just suffice to say that just being able to express myself or being able to say what I think or say how I feel about something and be able to, you know, recognize what I'm feeling in any given moment and be able to express that to someone about something in a situation is hugely progressive for me or was before I was able to move through those things. Um, you know, anxiety has played its role in, in causing panic attacks in my life a lot. Going to the emergency room for a panic episode is not fun. You know, going through all the testing and like everything to qualify it to make sure it's not an actual medical issue uh, or medical emergency is, you know, it's traumatizing in and of itself. And I think, um, you know, having those experiences and going through that stuff, it's making me anxious again talking about that, but those experiences are traumatic within themselves. So if that's something that you do experience and uh, you do have anxiety like that, there are professionals out there that can help. Uh, therapists are great for that. Psychiatrists are great for that. You know, we've come a long way in the medication department. We have, there are things out there that can definitely provide assistance. Um, and I would encourage you to do that. Um, it's nothing to play around with, you know, when you have anxiety, when you, it turns into a situation where I need to go to the ER, um, that's, you know, that creates stress and trauma in my body and my mind. I can't, I can't have so many of those episodes because eventually I will cause health issues for myself. And I'm, you know, my, our bodies were only made to withstand so much. Um, so if my blood pressure is constantly raised, if my heart rate's constantly raised, if I'm constantly on alert, if my fight or flight system is broken, I'm going to find myself, you know, potentially having some issues from that, serious issues from that. So I would advise you to seek assistance for that. If you have those experiences or have had those experiences or are having those experiences now, um, you know, one of the main reasons for doing this podcast is because it's a sort of an exhalation for me in all the things I've experienced over the last, I don't know, 25 years of my life or so. Um, and anxiety has been one of those things that's been consistent throughout my life. Um, having medical emergencies, I have had actual medical emergencies that have caused me and have caused the anxiety to expand and it's caused it to morph into other things. And, um, it's caused it to kind of infiltrate my life and I've had to work really hard to, to not have it and to not give into it and to not allow myself to, to fall victim to, to basically myself and those, those aspects of things I've experienced. So, uh, medication is one of those components, but self-care is another one. And I talk about that a lot and I, I'll continue to do so because I think it's an important thing that a lot of us miss and myself included. So to the degree that I, that I care for myself, that I, you know, eating the right foods, which I still get off track with that or meditating or praying or, you know, giving of my, one of the biggest components of me feeling like a whole person or being able to, to mitigate some of that anxiety is, is giving up my time to other people. And when I do that, when I help other people, um, somehow 
it not only allows me to forget about myself for a while, which is which is good because being consumed with myself and, and you know my all of the things that I have going on in, in my my little world, um, the expansion of getting outside of myself has always been something that's helped in my own life, but also I know that I'm impacting other people as well, which which is important and seeing other people get through things and seeing other people um, manifest things in their lives and, and become successful and experience, you know, comfort in their skin. That's, that's a really cool thing to be able to translate to people and giving up my time. It's the most valuable, valuable thing I have. <clears throat> uh, the voice cracking is continuing. Uh, it's the most valuable thing I have and me giving it to people and how I spend it on myself and how I spend it on a day-to-day basis is going to kind of dictate what environment I'm going to have for myself. You know, is it going to be anxiousness and depressive spells or episodes? Is it going to be panic or fear or worry? Um, you know, what kind of life do I want to have? So how much, and I guess for, for, for you listening, it's, you know, how much choice do I have in how I feel? And uh, if, if I take care of myself, I give myself some more space and options for that. If I don't, I, I limit myself. So some of the things that I mentioned were prayer meditation. And one thing I didn't, exor- that I didn't exercise that I didn't mention was exercise. Exercise is hugely important, whether that's walking or, you know, powerlifting. It really doesn't, it really doesn't matter. It, it checks the same box. Um, in terms of just the, the basis of exercise and me getting, uh, raising my, my endorphins, you know, getting brain activity, getting, getting, uh, having a, a nice sweat in an appropriate environment. Um, and I feel, I've always felt better after I go exercise in some capacity than when I walk through the door of the gym, which could be a pretty big battle getting me just to go there. Even, even knowing that it makes me feel good, it's still hard for me to get myself to go there. Um, so another thing is there's a lot of stuff out there, like sounds on Spotify. Like when I look up, if I look up meditation sounds on Spotify, there's an infinite number of playlists that I could access that have different Hertz or different sound frequencies for different experiences. So if I'm having anxiety, I think the one that I was listening to was like, I don't know, 405 or 425 or something like that. But on the playlist, it kind of, yeah, I just push shuffle and I just let it go. And I just, I allow myself to, to call my internal environment. Also writing, writing about my experience, writing about, you know, sort of the things that are being obsessed uh, upon in my mind. What am I thinking about the most? What kind of unfinished business do I have? Making a list of my unfinished business. What are some things that I need to accomplish? in the near future, the distant future, and today. And when I make that list and I check those things off of that list, I can kind of look at what's what things are being accomplished and what things aren't, but I can also begin to accept things that haven't happened yet or that will happen or that maybe will never happen, and I can I can regain some semblance of control. So an, an extension of that list of things that I that I have need to accomplish the unfinished business would be things I can control and things I can't control. The things I can control, I can, I can work with those things. I can, I can take care of myself. I can, I can change my internal environment. I can, I can manage my stress by, by taking care of certain aspects of my life. I can, 
you know, whatever your list looks like, however, the, however short or long that is for me, it's, it's, it's lengthy. Um, or it's actually, it's lengthy for the things I can control. It's not so lengthy for the things that I can control. Sorry, excuse me there. Um, which would be the next list would be things I cannot control. So the things that I can control that list is going to be relatively short, although not, not super short. It's not like I don't have any say in thing. I do have a say. I do have a voice. I do have options. Um, but the list of things that I can control is, um, is wide, long, infinite, never ending, you know, whatever word you want to use for that. It's big. And when the more comfortable and accepting I become the, the fact that that list is, is just never, I'm not going to be able to control those things, the better I'm going to feel and the more comfortable I'm going to feel in my skin. My internal quarrels, most of my internal quarrels come from things that I cannot control. They come from things that are outside of my realm of control. And I, and I try to, I try to impact them by controlling them without really doing anything about them. I try to, I try to exercise control over things that I have no ability to even come close to controlling by trying to think my way into controlling them or think like maintaining hostility within myself is somehow going to change how, you know, how Apple works or how the government works or how, you know, solving like world, world issues, like me getting hostile about it in my own self and creating anxiety and creating, you know, a, an inconsistent and a nervous, um, internal environment is not going to solve those problems and accepting that some of those things from my angle and my within my realm of capability are never going to change to some degree um, I allow myself space to be more comfortable in my skin so I know I'm running a little long here to my originally stated um, um, time time rate that I want to be at for this like 15 14 15 minutes but anxiety, and I'm going to do another probably, I don't know, I might do a few on this one because I didn't cover everything I wanted to cover. Um, but if you're struggling with anxiety, know that you're not alone and that there are probably, I don't know, there's probably a lot of people in your life that have it that won't even tell you that they have it or they don't really, they don't want to quantify it because if they do, then it's real and then it's, then they have to do something about it and a lot of people try to compartmentalize anxiety, but from my experience in working in the field and just knowing people in general is, I would imagine that anxiety is, it's a, it's a, I mean, it's a, it's a publicized rampant issue that we have, but I think it, it goes deeper than that. And I think it extends to more people than, than you would even think to, to realize. And I think just us in general, you know, to a certain extent, it'll, it'll never, We'll never know the full impact of it because a lot of people will never, never admit to it. They don't, they don't want to access those parts of themselves and that's okay. That's their prerogative to do that or not do that. Um, but I think if you are having awareness of, of you having an issue with anxiety and it's been going on for a long time, I would encourage you not to be afraid to get help for that and not be afraid to reach out to a mental health professional, a therapist or a psychiatrist. You know, one of the good resources for that is uh, psychology today. I mean, you could also Google it like, you know, everything else in this world that we can Google. But um, 
I've found some good clinicians on there. You can just put in your insurance information if you want to go the insurance route, or you can, you know, there's also private pay therapists or, you know, psychiatrists, depending on your situation. But the insurance route, you could also call your insurance carrier and ask them, you know, where are some therapists in my area that are covered by my insurance? And they can actually send, you can have them send you a list. Same thing for a psychiatrist, same thing for any type of practitioner, actually, depending on your insurance carrier, you can make them work for you. You know, you are giving them quite a bit of money. I don't know. I think my insurance is like $500 a month. So, you know, once in a while, maybe it's good to make the insurance company kind of, you know, do a little legwork. Uh, but there's available options out there. Go on Spotify, check out some sound frequencies, some Hertz, you know, figure that out and see what, what you like, what you don't. YouTube, typing in meditation sounds, typing in meditation. You can, I mean, you can turn that on and just, it'll play for hours. Um, not that you need to meditate or pray for hours or listen to Hertz frequencies for hours, but you might, I don't know, depending on how you feel. So again, I appreciate your listener, listenership, listenership. I appreciate your listenership and um, I hope you have a good week this week. Uh, and if you are experiencing anxiety, I hope you get some relief from that. Um, honestly, just going outside and letting the sun hit your skin could, could probably give you some semblance of relief, even if it's for, you know, 60 seconds or a couple minutes taking a walk outside, um, whatever it might be, you know, we all have to find what works for us, but I've listed some things that work for me and then, uh, you know, you can take it from there. So I appreciate your time and I will talk to you again the same time next week. Thank you.